0: Here we go. My voice is a little extra deep today. It's my Barry White day. Episode fifty-four. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Bertitas with you. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period going to join us in just a moment. Let me tell you about Bet Parks. Even though the cup is handed out, uh, the Larry Naismith Trophy in the NBA is handed out, it's still a great time to be on Bet Parks because you've got baseball and you got tons of different ways to bet it you can bet runs you can bet player performances you can bet over unders alternate lines pitching lines you name it it's all there for you right there on the bet parks app not to mention still in hoops and hockey you can still bet futures you can bet odds going into next year now there's a lot to be determined between now and next year which we're going to talk about with anthony debarco in a minute uh but check the bet parks app out. And by the way, I saw win totals uh, for the football season over unders. I saw uh, passing yards for quarterbacks. You can bet on all of that stuff, not to mention tennis, golf, F1, at Silverstone this weekend in England, uh, the birthplace of Formula One racing. So there's a ton to bet on on the bet Parks app. So make sure you download it. Check it out. Fun to use, easy to use, faster to win than ever before. And use the promo code Jason750, Jason750. All new and existing users are going to get a risk-free bet up to $750 by using the promo code Jason750, J-A-S-O-N. 750 so check it out get the Bet Parks app you do need to be over 21 and present in pennsylvania or new jersey gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER let's get to them right now north of the border where the nhl draft will be happening in a week's time in montreal as they convene again in person from the fourth com. it is anthony demarco on stick to hockey live what's going on ant not much buddy uh getting ready for the draft a
1: week's now booked my hotel so i don't have to commute in back and forth get some time away from the wife you know it's gonna be a fun little getaway for me even though i'm staying in montreal so i'm looking for there's a buzz in the town too right big time big time because you know obviously up here in canada quebec specifically like i would say with quite certainty that quebec had the hardest covid restrictions yeah. like we are our, our mask mandate mandate only ended in may and it so. Yeah, and it was still in effect on public transport up until, you know, three weeks ago. So there's a big buzz in this city. And if you've ever been to Montreal, you know that this place lives for summertime because of the brutal winters we have. You know, we have so many music festivals. It's a hockey town, jazz festival. One was just there 10 days ago. Exactly. for That was just a huge thing for the city. Like Montreal is a place that it's an international city, right? Everyone yeah. knows it. Everyone wants to come here in the summertime. And the last two years has it's just been tough for the city, right? Especially during the summer. And now that like we're kind of back to normal life. Uh, there's a big buzz and uh, I'm really excited and it's going to be fun, especially with the Habs picking
0: number one overall. It's kind of like a perfect storm up here. <laughs> Seriously. Like that's been yeah. um, the The draft was in Montreal for years and years and years before they started moving it around. And for it to be back there for the first time in person, since a global pandemic for Le Habitant to be p- picking number one overall, it's, it's almost a shame there's not a McDavid or yeah. like next year with Connor Bedard where they're going to get this signature player to play, you know, for one of the greatest emblems in sport for, you know, we don't know if it's going to be right or if it's going to be Slokoski. Bob McKenzie does not have right ranked number one. He's got him ranked number two. Were you surprised at that? I mean, I still uh, think he goes number one.
1: Yeah, like, I I heard Bob talk about his draft ranking um, on TSN 1050 radio in Toronto on, I believe it was Tuesday, and he explained how he got to that, and he said that he pulled 10 scouts, five had Slikovsky going first overall, four had Wright going first overall, and one had Cooley going first overall. Wow, that would be (coughs) a shock if Cooley went from number one. So... He's not saying that it's a slam dunk Slikovsky goes first. He literally said, like, you're splitting hairs as to who you think the better player is going to be because he even said that he reached out to 10 more scouts afterwards. And, you know, it was like five for right and four for so Slikovsky. And, you know, I was just speaking to someone right before we got on the air here. And they don't even, nobody knows what Montreal is going to do. And I think that the consensus is, is that the first, eight to nine to ten guys they're all gonna go in some kind of order but in that order nobody knows like i was speaking to someone yesterday and they told me that like they wouldn't be surprised if both right shot d go before the it gets to the flyers Wow! and if that happens you would imagine that cooley is gonna fall right into the lap of the flyers and I think that's why the flyers, when we try and like talk about, are they going to take goats here? they going to take your check. Are they going to take Savoy Nemich? All these guys. I really think they're in an advantageous spot because let's say it goes like we're expecting. It goes right. Lakovsky, Cooley, and either, and let's say Nemich. Yeah. You're going to say, okay, it's your or it's goats. That's what I believe. Yeah. But if your and Nemich go, Let's say to the coyotes and the Kraken, they, and I, yeah,
0: there's some leftover piece now. All of a sudden, that,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and I would assume
0: it's Cooley. I, uh, that's my and guess, that would be like, my assumption, too.
1: Like, I, I can't imagine it's you or, or Wright. No chance they're going one or two, in my opinion. The only interesting here thing, the thing here is is that if Sakoski goes one, I don't know if Wright goes two. That's my thing. If Slikovsky goes one, I would not be surprised if the Devils, if they keep the pick, take a year a, or your check. Oh, wow. Because I look at them and look, you can't draft for position. But I think that like, you know, some people have year check ranked number two. And you look at the Devils and they have he and they have Jack Hughes in no yeah. particular order. That's Hughes right, is probably right. so. I don't know. I it's going to be interesting to see what Montreal does because they really hold
0: on the all
1: the cards into how this is going to fall.
0: Yeah, they get the first card in the in the house of cards to see how it falls, and and you don't know. Like they could go chalk, but it could get totally turned on its ear. Your your check could go two, and now all of a sudden Nemec is available, Cooley's available at three and four, and what's the trickle down effect of it? The, I agree. I don't think there's 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 very little things that we know for with certainty heading into this draft. The one thing I feel like I know is that Montreal is not trading the pick. They're taking the number one overall pick. Yeah, absolutely. That that much, I think we know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Especially for the fact that the last time they had a first round pick in Montreal, they absolutely blew it by taking the hometown kid in Louis LeBlanc (laughs) who grew up 20 minutes away from me. And that actually, ironically enough, that was the draft where the Flyers acquired Chris Pronger.
0: Wow. 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. That's been, I remember the night I was on the air. I was working at WIP at the time and I, I get a text message. These are the early days of text messaging where you had to hit like the, you know, the three button five T-9. times just to get to a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a certain letter. But I get a message from um, Zach Hill from the Flyers PR. And by the way, today is Zach's last day in, as a, a member of the organization. Um, he's had a great career, 29 years. But I get a message from Zach. We just traded for Chris Pronger. Do you want him on on the air? I'm like, yes.
1: <laughs> so, like <laughs> five like, minutes no, I'm, in, good.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to Prongs after, you know, they trade Lucas B's, uh, Joffrey Lupul, two first and a third to get yeah. Pr- Chris Pronger. Wow. And um, the hidden gem of the
1: trade, Ryan Dingle
0: yeah ryan dingle of course (laughs) such a such a big piece of that deal yeah um but yeah that, that was bananas and that's the other part of it like i taped an interview yesterday with uh brent flair and i asked him it was for flyers daily it's gonna air next week but i asked him you know what's the the advantage to being back there on the floor in person and he said it's so much easier in person to walk down to a table at any time and just talk to guys face to face instead of picking up a phone and zooms and all that crap from a virtual draft to make deals. He thinks that there's going to be a lot of deals being made just because they're back face to face with their counterparts.
1: Yeah. It's a completely different dynamic. Right. And you know, the last two virtual drafts, I don't even remember if there were any big noteworthy deals. Like I'm sure there were some like, Oh, I'll trade you my second round pick for a third and a fourth, like shit like that. But it's going to be really cool to see the dynamic. I'm really intrigued to see it in person. You know, but I think there's a lot of excitement even amongst, you know, the GMs and the executives that Big like, what, you know, we're yeah, the scouts like, oh my God, we're back in the saddle. We're doing this, you know, we the way we used to do it. And there is something about talking like, you know, I, I would always say that, like, if you're texting with someone, it's so much more personal if you're on the phone with someone and then imagine as opposed to being on the phone with someone you're talking with them face to face they can't you know have as good of a poker face like i think that we're gonna see and not necessarily for the flyers but i think we're gonna see a lot more action here just because we haven't seen it and these guys are just eager to get
0: back to like that old style that they were accustomed to yeah i mean think about it you and i could be sitting here going "Yep, right, let me text over to uh ken hughes <laughs> be like, you taking Slavkoski or you taking Chain Right, Like, that's my intent in the text. And he doesn't read it that way. He reads it like yeah, they're really interested in moving up to one. You're just fishing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Face-to-face, you, you get so much more intel on intent of what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I,
0: I, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating draft. I mean, you know, the Flyers picking at five. Um, I asked uh, – I think it was Mark Gregg yesterday, the Flyer Scout, about this draft. Like, what he thought of it. You know, everybody's always pointing to 2023 in the draft because of Bedard. And because it's actually beyond Bedard, it's really good. And what what Mark Gregg said, it's it's basically just an average draft. There's going to be some gems in there that we don't know about. Just yet, guys that are going to develop, late bloomers, whatever it might be. But it's not an overwhelming draft. It's not a great draft. So it's probably... Well, you go. Wouldn't it be better to draft top five in a in a really good draft? Of course, but you're almost better off being at five than you are at one or two in this draft. It kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of 2017, 100%. and they move all the way up and they end up taking Nolan Patrick. Like he kind of reminds me. I don't. I'm not saying as a player or anything of Shane Wright, but a guy that was the kind of the number one guy that slid at the end. You know, it was because of injury for Patrick and he had the abdominal surgery just prior to the draft, the whole thing. Uh, But then, like, you go, okay, where was the real value in that draft? It was three, four, five with Pedersen, obviously McCarr. And you look at a guy like Heiskanen.
1: Yeah, and, and I also think it's similar this year because then the Flyers were in a position where, okay, we take whoever the Devils don't he's sheer patrick it was the devils who had the difficult decision and i guess they made the right one between nico and nolan but they made the wrong one considering who went after those two but i still think they made out better than the flyers i don't think there's much debate for that but i also think you're right in the sense that they're gonna get a guy who and again bob mckenzie said this on tsn radio is that even Slikovsky are right. The consensus is, is that those are probably second-line players, like yeah. high-end second-liners. And, I mean, I think that there's some guys who have potential to be stars. Like, I think a guy like David Yurchak, the defenseman, has a chance to be a top-pairing defenseman. Ditto with Simon Nemich. And, you know, even a guy like Kemmel. Like, I've had some people rank him as high as number two, that he, when all is said and done, wow. is going to be the most dynamic, skilled guy. You know, I had a scout tell me that uh, who runs his own scouting agency that he has Camel ranked number two behind Shane Wright. So I mean, I, like you know, I, I was just told earlier today that in this particular draft, because I was asking if they, if maybe the Flyers are going to try and get back into the second round, and I was told that like in this particular draft, like you have the top twenty guys who are probably are going to be good players. But after that, and even 20 is maybe being a bit generous, it's kind of a crapshoot. And you maybe have a chance to get a guy in the
0: third round who you really like and would have otherwise taken in the second round. Yeah, you have a second round grade for in the third round, especially because some of these guys like OHL guys, we still haven't seen a lot of over the last two years.
1: Yeah, you know, it's only been what the last six months that it's completely back to normal in Canada. You know, and even that is being generous. Like yeah, they just had them,
0: yeah. They in January and February.
1: Oh yeah, January. You know, right after the holidays in Canada, especially Quebec. You know, we have had a curfew again. Like it was right yeah. back to like you know January two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, and that was Omicron. You
0: know,
1: yeah, there you go. And I, I think that you're only starting to see these guys now, and that's why. And this isn't the only reason for it, but maybe that's why a guy like Cutter Gauthier or the U.S. National Development Program has skyrocketed up the rankings. You know, mm-hmm. I think they've talked a lot about his conditioning, how big he is, how jacked he is. Maybe the fact that he hasn't missed a beat by having access to a gym has had a lot to do with that. Yeah. So, like, look, I think that because I was wondering, like, are they going to try and get back into the second round? You know, they don't have a second round pick, and... A lot of people speculate, like, are they going to trade down and take, you know, maybe Savoy with the 10th overall pick and get a second round pick? But I'm getting the feeling that they're going to sit and look, obviously things can change. This isn't like they made a decision now and they're like, yep, that's our decision. Don't call us about anything. But my sense of it of the situation now is, is that they're going to sit pretty at number five and whoever falls to them. And based on who I talk to, there's a strong chance that it might be Logan Cooley. They just take who's left over. Yeah, I think people would be ecstatic if
0: Cooley were to drop to them. That's um, exactly what they need. Yeah. Dynamic player, no doubt. Um, going to play in college is not gonna be a guy that's gonna come in here next year and help you, but you know, it it's not about that. W- which brings me to the next point of conversation at you know, the notion that <clears throat> I saw it yesterday. I forget who it was that tweeted out a reporter. I think it was a national guy said, if you thought that Chuck Fletcher was aggressive last offseason, he's going to try and be even more aggressive this offseason. Said that he's been making repeated calls around the league trying to free up salary. Now it's probably JVR, might be some other guys. But the notion that they're going to be extremely aggressive this offseason And some people kind of string that together with the hiring of Tortorella. And I look at it and I go, I don't know that to be true. Could they be aggressive? Could they be opportunistic? Yes. But I look at year one of Tortorella and I go, this is more about setting a standard. Finding out who is part of the the group going forward that plays the game in an honest way. Kind of a weeding out process this year. Getting a little healthier from a salary cap standpoint in, in in the calendar year as well, but to me, it's not those off seasons. I discussed it with Bill the other day, and I used the word "is this the off season?" All caps to be bold, and I go, "I don't know. I, I think you'd be op- you're opportunistic, but I don't think you have to be bold and and plow people over." It's so weird because people are like, "Oh, this aggressive retool, they need a full rebuild," but then they're like. They're not doing anything. What the hell? You know, it's like, well, which one do you want? So I, I don't know that they have to be bold and super aggressive this off season. And I don't know that they will. I like,
1: look like it's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to connect the dots that they would like to free up cap space. And the two easiest names to conclude on are JVR and Limblom. And I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that they were considering buying out both of those guys. More specifically, Limblom because of how advantageous a buyout would be. JVR less so. I think they would save 2.6 million on the cap this year, and they would have one point something of dead money next year. And and I think JVR to this point, like, if I I think it's more likely than not that he is a flyer this time. You know, in five months from now. But I think that the Joel Farabee injury changed a lot for this team. Because, you know, you lose Claude Giroux, who played left wing, Joel Farabee, I was told they're expecting him to be out till maybe December, which is if that's the case, that's that's how you have to plan. Yeah. And then after that, like, like, look at left wingers after those two, you know, if you're taking out JVR and Limblom, just for argument's sake, you're basically left to Scott Lawton and Noah Cates. Yeah, and then you're probably asking a guy like Wade Allison to switch over to the left side. So I, I mean, I think that they're trying to find ways. JVR specifically, I think Limblom because of the Farabee buyout, it buys him some more time. Well, like he kills penalties too. Both players do. That's it. Uh, and uh, you know, we talked about it last week, and like I said, they were considering it, but I think the Farabee injury, because here's the thing: is they can't really use the Farabee money, right? Like they can't like spend money with that $5 million. And the thing is, is that Lindblom still has a 15 to 20 goal ceiling. And where else are you going to find a left winger making $3 million who could provide you that you can't, you can't find that on the, on the free agency. So I think JVR, the thing is, is that they are looking, I think they're trying desperately to move them. I don't think anything is close. I think that they'll have a better idea at the draft and after the draft. But the other thing jason is and i'm sure you could echo this is that they contrary to many of the fans beliefs like they don't want to give up any future assets unless you're bringing in like a really big young player who could help them for a long time and chuck said as much yesterday yeah but they're not gonna pull a um, risto trade because they don't have the assets or the expendable assets in their mind to make a deal like that. They, I don't think they want to part with any assets just to free up cap space. And like you said, I think that they much rather ride it out till next offseason, where you have a better crop of free agents and you're gonna walk yourself into more
0: salary cap space just from terms expiring. I totally agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I think this is where like people. Are twisted mentally about it because Dave Scott said aggressive retool, and we're a couple players away. But I think you got to a consider the source, b consider the timing in the situation. It was in January, a couple weeks after AV got fired. The team was twisted in the wind, and getting just bludgeoned night in and night out. I think that was in the midst of a 13 game losing skid, and I just don't know that the actions are going to follow the term of aggressive retool. In some ways, maybe it is an aggressive retool if it's just a couple of years. It's because it's not going to be a teardown. It's not going to be. So everybody can stop at Say asking for the full blown teardown rebuild. They'll they'll say Colorado. They were the worst team in the NHL in 2017. In 16, 17. Yeah, they were. I I don't know how they were (laughs) to be (laughs) honest with you. And like, I went back and looked at that. They had 48 points that season. 48 fucking points. Right. It was dysfunctionality up and down the organization. Because Wad laughed early and Bednar came in. I get it. That was 1670. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And and think about this. Like that team was the worst team in the league by 21 standings points. <laughs> There's only been one team in the salary cap era that's had a worse season, and that was Detroit that year. They had 45 points and didn't win the lottery, right? And they managed to be a team that was that bad with Gabriel Landeskog, with Nathan McKinnon. I mean, they had some good players, right? And they had 48 points, and they they didn't get lottery luck. So, like, the other notion is, well, you got to suck so you get lottery luck. They didn't get lottery luck. They got Cam McCarr. Yeah, <laughs> right? if they would have got lottery luck they'd have been drafted at the top of that draft they would have ended up with Nolan Patrick or Nico Escher I don't yeah. know that they would have taken Kale McCarr number one overall or number two Look, the,
1: the Flyers aren't in a position and I don't think they need to be because you have some good young players in. I guess in the middle of the road with guys like Provorov, Sanheim, Konechny. I if I was a betting man, I don't think either of those three get moved, maybe Konechny if something falls mm-hmm. right but, I think mm. we talked about it last week is that I think is kind of like if you want to blow the doors off, he's for the yeah. taking wow me, yeah, Provorov Sandheim, I don't get that sense. I think Sandheim proved to be way too valuable, and Provorov his value isn't where it needs to be, and I don't think on the defense, I don't think they're in any position to subtract like they yeah. they can, especially with Not the with Ellis the variable of Ellis, yeah, so I look at. Where this team is at with younger players than those guys that say the Bobby Brinks, the Tyson Forsters, Carter Hart's kind of in that group, Farabee's kind of in the middle. Um, and I say Cam York and I say, like, they don't need to blow it up. They just kind of need to stay the course and not give up any more assets and mortgage the future for at least another year. And, I, and I've long been under the impression that their old eyes are on twenty three, twenty four, And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to sit through another 12 months or so where they're kind of just status quo, an addition here or there, because, you know, obviously Johnny Goudreau an easy dot to connect, but like, I just don't think that, well, they don't have the cap space. I mean, it's not yeah. about me thinking it. They don't have the cap space. And the thing is, is that, even if they buy out Limblom and JVR, you besides a left winger who they would need, they still want to ideally add a centerman. They still ideally want to add a right shot defenseman.
0: And there's only so much money to go around. I, yeah. I think that they do want Spending to re- ten million on a seven year contract for a left winger. It's undersized. Is to me, it's like okay, we're doing this to put butts in the seats, but we're not doing this really to make us a great team. No, you would be doing it exactly to wow them and make, you know, the biggest
1: free agent signing probably since Danny Breer 15 years ago tomorrow, which is crazy to say. And I I just think that we may have to prepare for a season where I don't know if developing is the right
0: term, but like you, you would know better than me because you're setting a standard, I think is what it's all about. Yeah. It's about standard setting. And, And then, and that's the thing that brings me to the next thing I want to ask you about, because I think, if there's not these massive moves this offseason, you know, the one thing that I'm really intrigued by this year, I obviously, I was a big proponent for John Tortorella for a litany of reasons. And I know a lot of people aren't for their reasons. And that's fine. We can disagree. We all hope it ends up in one direction that they move forward. And he is the right guy. That's all that matters at this point. It's done the hiring. But the one thing that I'm really intrigued by, and I've been looking back more and more, throughout towards career is how he's able to get the most out of players and how he's able to develop young players. So, I mean, he brought up like Noah Cates, Wade Allison. We're going to see other young guys, Cam York, um, eventually Ronnie Adder. We're going to see all these guys and how they're developed once they get to the NHL level of development. And then the other part of that Is the three guys that Risto Linen is another guy too that I think, even at this age, needs development because I don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever been properly developed. I actually want to touch on Risto after, but okay, keep going. But and then the other three guys are Konechny, Pro, Roth, and Sandheim, and how he can, Tortorella can get them pointed in the right direction and back on a, a development arc that's positive consistently like you look at the numbers for TK and he he finished the year with decent numbers, all said and done, but still a lot of that came when it didn't matter. Sanheim had a great year by the eye test, by the analytics, by everything. And pro Roth is a guy that we've seen have really good years, but we've seen him have some pretty sketchy years, the last two. So how he can develop some of these young players to take next steps, part of that's going to be how they handle injury in a case of like Wade Allison. But then also that middle core, what do you get out of them, including, and Kevin Hayes in there as well, where he can take them. And then you kind of can really assess your needs after you see what Tortorella can get out of all of those components.
1: Yeah. Well, like on Pro for a sec, you know, like we were talking a bit off air about him and he's a guy that has be, quickly become very, very polarizing on this team, kind of like Travis Konechny, yeah, where battle lines are drawn, you hate him or you like him. And, you know, I, I equate Pro Rob a lot to Drew Doughty, not in the sense that I think he's as good as Drew Doughty because Doughty in his time was, you know, top five defenseman in the NHL. Obviously, Pro Rob isn't that. But I think in the way of their mentality, and I remember in like 2018, 2019, 2019, 2020, everyone was saying, you know, oh, Drew Doughty's done, he's on the decline, you know, he's no good anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I had people tell me like, okay, is Doughty declining or does he just not give a shit because the team sucks and why should he try? And I think Provorov kind of falls in that. I'm not saying that's a good trait to have because, you know, guys like Doughty, guys like Provorov, like you're expected to be leaders on and off the ice. And obviously we know Provorov off the ice can be sometimes, you know, not the friendliest of guys, but um, I think that there's a lot to be said of guys who were, and Jason, you could attest to this more than me. Like, is there a better physically conditioned guy on the flyers?
0: I, other than Provov? No, no, I don't think so. And I, I, there's a notion like he has gone from like the fans penthouse to the doghouse 100%. really quick. It's like, Oh, he's not a top pairing guy. He stinks, blah, blah, blah. But, You know, it's funny because a couple of years ago, and this is what we talked about before we came on, you know, after that Penguin series when the Flyers got knocked out, I think it's six, he played through a shoulder injury that was brutal. He couldn't even lift his arm. You were watching him, we were watching him on the ice and we're like, oh my God, this guy is gutting it. And Philadelphia loved it. They're like they didn't love that he was hurt. They loved the fact that this guy was sacrificing everything to try and do the best he could to help his team. And I remember after the game, Proby was in tears in the room because he felt like he'd let his teammates down because he couldn't do much with the injury. And it's like, and people love that and they respected it. But now all of a sudden, all that respect has kind of gone out the window when it comes to him. And, you know, he's a guy and obviously we haven't seen it a lot during
1: his tenure here. We've seen them make two playoffs. No, 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 two, because he wasn't there in 2016. He didn't play in that one. Uh, So we've seen him in two playoff series. And I would argue, especially 2020, that he was probably their best skater in the bubble i would say with the exception of maybe car well carter hart not notwithstanding because he's not included as a skater but with the exception of maybe kevin hayes voracek was good too on ice i think provrov was their best player in the playoffs mm. and i think that in the 20 2019 2020 season aside from sean katori who won a selkie he was their mvp And I think there's just a track record with Provrov, and I obviously am a Provrov apologist, but it seems that every time the chips are down, or the Flyers are playing meaningful hockey, like early on in the season, this year, in 2021-2022, whenever the Flyers are playing meaningful hockey, he's their best defenseman, and arguably their best player. And I think that counts for a lot. Because you need guys who can get you to the playoffs and you need guys who are going to get you through the playoffs. Yeah. And I think and he's Tora... play 27 minutes a night. And look, do I think he's going to win a Norris? No. But people who say that he's not a top pairing defenseman, like, you know, I asked an executive outside of Philadelphia, just, you know, a, and a very analytics driven executive. And he told me that he's in the ballpark of a low end one, high end two. And I think that's fair. But mm. a lot of people now are saying, you know, he's Braden Coburn. He's a second pairing at best defenseman. Like, did Braden Coburn ever play to the level that Provorov did in nineteen twenty or in seventeen eighteen? No. With guys and Braden Coburn, forgive me for uh, like, uh, forgive me if I'm not correct here, but he was Ryan shotgun with Kimo Team and in the line share of his tenure yeah. in Philadelphia. Proverb, with the exception of Matt Niskanen and three games of Ryan Ellis, he's been playing with guys like Andrew McDonald, Mark Justin Strait, Braun. Justin Braun. And look, I, I just think Proverb's a guy that I'm really excited to see what he does under John Tortorella. Obviously, Tortorella really molded Zach Werenski. And you know it Warins- was
0: not easy with Warinsky. There's nope. a lot of coaching that had t- to take place there.
1: Yeah, very up and down relationship. And now Warinsky yeah. sings his praises. You see what he did with a guy like Seth Jones. And yeah. uh, uh, obviously, they need to find a a defenseman to play with Provorov. You know, they they would like that. Obviously, easier said than done. It would be just much easier if Ryan Ellis could get healthy. But who knows with that? But. I don't know. I think that pro Rob is a guy that they have an in-house option to play on that top pair. They just need to find some
0: stability and they got to give him a reason to play meaningful hockey. Yeah, I agree. It's well said. All right, let's wrap it up Ant. Um, I'll tell you what next week, maybe we move to Friday next week, the day after the draft. I'm just thinking about this out loud. No Friday. sense in doing another draft preview. I mean, everybody's done 500,000 draft <laughs> previews, like, We'll see what happens when it actually happens, right? <laughs> well, I'll give you my
1: schedule. I'm at the draft both days. Okay. On So unless you wanted to do it 9 a.m. on Friday, I could yeah, do, it do it from my hotel. Yeah. I could do it 9 a.m. Friday from my hotel in downtown Montreal. Yeah, we'll work out the details. All right. Yep. Good That's stuff, fair. man. It's, do you it's want definitely- it? Do you want to do something fun actually? I don't know if you want to do this or not, but do you want to do each of our mock top 5 to 10? I'm not
0: even close to like educated enough on prospects. Oh, you're a coward. That's what you are. And, and I don't need to give people any more fuel to fucking rip me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god. Okay, fine. That's better. <laughs> it be over was it.
1: You know what? You're you're a hundred percent right because like whenever I say anything prospect related and all the prospect gurus come out of the woodwork, I'm just yeah. like I'm not even gonna touch this. I just my territorial. Phone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. You got it, guys. Have fun. <laughs> just like <laughs> here's gonna... YouTube highlight X of this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dipping my toe in that pool because the water is too deep and too hot for me and I don't feel like I just don't have the effort or or not the effort, the the will to take it on again. So yeah. Uh, awesome. So we'll talk next week. and thanks for doing this. Sounds good, buddy. Take it easy. There he is. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period.com. Follow him on Twitter as well. Thanks to him for joining us on this episode of Bet Parks Presents. Stick to Hockey Live. Let me tell you about Bet Parks. Great time of year. I know the cup's been handed out. I know the hoop seasons are over in college and pro. You still got baseball. You got football right around the corner, college and pro futures. You've got Player performances in baseball. There's so many different play, player performances in baseball are really fun because it is mano versus man versus mano, mano y mano, hitter versus pitcher. And stats are so much a part of baseball that you can bet all kinds of different things, all kinds of different player performances, all kinds of same game parlays, live in game betting. You name it, it is there for you. And it's easy to do on the Bet Parks app. So download the Bet Parks app, check it out, and get in on the action. Make your summer a little more action-packed by getting the Bet Parks app. Easy to use, fun to use, easy to navigate, faster to win than ever before. And new and existing users right now, make sure you plug in the promo code Jason750, Jason 750. That'll give you a risk-free bet up to $750. Again, for that's for new and existing users. Terms and conditions to apply and uh, get in on the action. It's get, get like real comfortable with the app over the summertime, just in time for the football seasons for college and pro. And you'll be an expert on the Bet parks app. It's going to take you about, Ten whopping minutes because it's simple to use. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. One week's time, it's the NHL draft. We'll have full coverage for you here on Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody, enjoy your week, and we'll be back next week with another brand new episode of Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day and week, everybody. Can I-